Okay, so now I want to go ahead and talk about some other things such as martyrdom, falsehoods, other games and painful addictions that it's so easy to get stuck into when you have been tossed to and fro running from the feeling monster your whole life. And again, the feeling monsters, the flashbacks and the falsehoods you believed about yourself uh, for, uh, yeah, the falsehoods you believed about yourself and all those emotional flashbacks and the grief and all of that piled up into one. So uh, I first want to talk about martyrdom. Martyrdom is, is when you're like being sacrificed for a cause that you believe in, right? And so we have good examples of, of martyrdom, like Jesus. Jesus Christ was the ultimate martyr because he died that we could live. Uh, Joseph Smith was a martyr because he died to help bring forth the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which was my faith. And then Stephen in Acts 7 was a martyr as one of the apostles of God who died for a good cause, uh, you know, for dying for the help bring the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he never, you know, denied that Jesus or anything that they wanted him to do. But then there's also bad martyrdom, right? When you are wrongfully are sacrificing yourself for an unjust or an unrighteous cause. Because part of loving someone is trying to protect them, right? Even from your own blame and your own hate, even from their rightfully due justice. So, because when you're a child, you just love without limits. Like you're so naturally trying to love in all the ways you can, even if it's a messed up martyrdom way. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like in my case, I personally struggle with martyrdom a lot because I would be so bitter about my trauma and the trauma that happened with my, you know, with the family and stuff that I would just be like, uh, just take it out of myself because I was a safe target. And I was so bitter and angry that I felt someone had to pay. And I, I couldn't get mad at the people responsible. Like I couldn't get mad at them because they didn't feel safe to. Also too, I wanted to love them. I didn't want to hate them. So I hated myself instead. And it just really didn't work out too well. And, but, and also you can do this in your adulthood and things like that, where you just naturally try to love somebody. And yeah, it's going to mean you're going to try and take the blame for things you shouldn't be taking the blame for. Uh, blaming yourself for the abuse that the abuser did to you like it was your fault when it never was your fault. But you're going to think that because it's easy to do, because it's easy to try and love them in that way. It's easy to, since you're the one who's trying to love them, it's easy for you to take the bullet for them, even though you're trying to stop the due justice that's due to them. Like, you're like, no, I don't want them to go to prison. I don't want them to die. I don't want them to go through hell. And it's like, well, that's not your choice. Because remember, the justice belongs into to the hands of Jesus Christ. So his justice is going to be just and true. And, you know, we can't really stand in the way by doing martyrdom choices to try and change that. So yeah, if you say it's all my fault, I was abused by this person, it wasn't your fault. It was your attempt to protect him because of how much you love them, which goes to say so much about your character of how loving person you are. Another reason though, why you choose martyrdom is for a distraction from processing grief to run from the feeling monster another day going into that and to avoid going into that unknown realm of being happy and free because again being happy and free is unknown it's scary it's more scary than all the pain that you're in right now so that's why it's like i rather just keep avoiding grief by continuing to stay in martyrdom keep self-blaming myself it was so interesting because i had a particular prayer about this when i told god like god it was all my fault like my family's tore apart in front of me and i was powerless to stop it 
And then God was like, Mark, it's not your fault. I'm like, it wasn't. He goes, no. He's like, you were amazing. You were an awesome, you know, you were awesome. You loved everybody unconditionally the way you were meant to. You did a great job. And I was like, I was amazing. He's like, yes. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, yeah, well, that feels really good then. <laughs> but yeah, I had personal struggles with that, staying in martyrdom forever, trying to keep it as a distraction, part of emotionally cutting. Because the problem with emotional cutting, it's like, it's a distraction to protect against the bigger distraction, the bigger pain of the feeling monster. Cause that, you know, if I can just keep staying in this hell of beating myself up and being, uh, blaming myself for things I didn't do or trying to take the blame and hate for other people on myself, then I get to stay safe from the feeling monster. I don't have to process grief. I don't have to deal with those horrible flashbacks and things like that. I, I'd rather just stay here and pretend like that it's my fault. It took, it, it took some work to get away from that type of thinking. Uh, a lot of it is when I first just had to start writing letters to the people who were responsible. And I would put all my anger out on them about the love they failed to give me and my family. And all the love I can't give them now because of what happened. Haven't accepted what happened. I didn't actually bring these letters to people. Of course, I would just make huge more messes. But, you know, that's that's what I did to try and address the hate and blame I kept bringing, put it on myself for the people that were really responsible. And it was really helpful because at first I was going raging and everything like that. But then after I got the grief out of my system and grieved it with, with God and my prayers about the love that was failed to be given and that I can't give. And it was just like, after I got some healing, yeah, it just was easier to stop being mad about it and just let it go. Like, Hey, this is just what happened. I can't change it. It's the way it happened. It wasn't my fault, but it happened nonetheless. And that's just the way it is. But another game I would get into is sexual addictions. Like, because the thing about the porn and masturbation and stuff like that, it's just like, it was a way to shortcut to feel love and affection without dealing with the feeling monster. So it was like, oh, I don't, I need to feel loved. I need affirmed right now. And that's why I would use those horrible things. Um, and people might argue with the masturbation thing being okay. I argue differently. I don't think it's okay. I, I just think that you are, it's like in my case, when I sobered up from it, like five months, like I was able to get the, the wet dreams, the nocturnal emissions, and that was a way better experience than any other stuff I used to do. So it was just like, that was not just that alone, but just the way that I was able to sober up too, because every time... I would start feeling if I did those sexual addictions instead, then I wouldn't get the grief. I wouldn't process any grief. I wouldn't get any healing and I would still be stuck in my emotional immaturity. That's another reason why like I will be on the side of the internet to say no fap, you know, I'm on that side. Like I do not believe in the fap and do not believe in it. It's only hurting your emotional growth and whether you argue with it's a sin or not, it doesn't come, it doesn't, change the fact that whether you think it's a sin or it's not a sin, it doesn't matter because either way it hurts your emotional growth because instead of feeling, instead of processing, you numb it with the, with those, uh, with those sexual acts instead. And then it just, well, then it goes buried back in again and you start back up and all these horrible thinking ways again. And the toxic relationships, like I've seen the toxic relationships or I've been in them, right? Where I was just like, if I just love them enough, I can change them. You know, an attempt to build my ego. 
It's like, because I have to build ego instead of receiving love and value for myself. Because if I receive love and value for myself, that means I have to be vulnerable to the feeling monster. So I can't be having that. So I'd rather just build up my ego instead by trying to be the one special enough and the one with the most love to be able to change the man-eater type woman. Or if I could just get this certain beautiful woman to like me or love me, then I'll be worth something. And I guess, then again, I'm just trying to use her for my own selfish gain, for my own type of ego building, my like a trophy relationship then there's survival guilt oh survival guilt i how i'm still trying to get away from that to this day because i still have to do mental exercises to undo survival guilt so survival guilt is like when you just feel guilty that you weren't able to love and protect your loved ones the way you wanted to when you're feeling guilty for being happy being guilty for finding peace and being loved and being happy because that you filled the so much guilt that you didn't love and protect the way you wanted to, even though it was unrealistic expectations. But again, as a child, you're going to think about stuff in unrealistic ways because as a child, your imagination knows the limits and you could love without any limits. So to you, you, you held your, well, I should say to myself, I held myself accountable to that type of standard. And then there's their survival guilt. Oh, the survival guilt. How that is such a pain to get rid of of trying of not feeling guilty for being happy and free for not feeling guilty uh for for not feeling guilty for being happy and living your life because survival guilt is so much about not being able to do anything like you if you're not able to love your your loved ones you just feel like ah wasn't able to do anything and so then i have to fight the guilt of why do I have a loving wife? You know, why do I have a son? Why do I have a blessed family? You know, it's because I made better choices. I tried to affirm myself. I made better choices. I did the healing. I did the grieving. And that's why I get these things. And if they would choose the same, they would get the same type of blessings or they would get a lot of freedom and happiness themselves. And so I would have to remind myself that the same mercy that Jesus gives me and the way he has forgiven me my horrible deeds and the way he's given me a lot of peace to my grief is that same offering he gives to the, to the abusers because it's still there for them if they would so choose. And that's what would help me. Uh, I would feel the spirit would bring that back to my attention when if I would start feeling guilty. He's like, hey, it's there for them if they want to choose to do it. It's there. I'm ready to love them. I'm ready to forgive them. I'm ready to work with them if they're willing to work with me. But in the end, it's it's just what's so easy to build up a hopeless scenario of always wanting to be loved, but yet not loved at the same time, and staying in pain and using addictions to cope with that pain. But that said addiction caused even more pain, and it, to, so that I could keep running from grief and, and keep avoiding challenging the lies of the falsehoods, the feeling monster, that flax and cord so woven cleverly and tightly by the devil, yanking so hard as he can every time I got close to any type of love. It, once it was clear the type of games I was playing and like the martyrdom, the survival guilt, and the way I would try to avoid being loved with the sexual addictions, like the porn and masturbation, and I was able to be like, oh, I could see the games, that's why I was trying to stay in my cave, so I would avoid being loved. But the thing is, I wanted so bad to have a loving family, because I wanted so bad to undo what happened uh, I mean, to create a new future free from all that stuff. So I would admit that be my motive to push through. 
And I said, well, if this is what I'm doing, now, I'm going to change it. If this is what I'm doing, I'm going to change it because I want to break free. And if it means that I have to be accountable to these type of games, but I keep playing on myself to play martyrdom and mess with survival guilt and chase toxic relationships on purpose. If it means I have to stop doing these things and own up to them so I can't stop doing them, then so be it. Because I was hungry. I was hungry to be free. I was like, I want out. I just didn't know what I was going through. And that would bring me up to my next episode there, talking about self-forgiveness, about how I was able to forgive myself, but also forgive others. And I really think that's a good one here. But I really didn't want to start talking about self-forgiveness until I started talking about the, the ways that I was self-abusive to myself. Because I didn't know that I didn't know. <laughs>